The reading tonight is taken from Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 to 11, which can be found on page 193 in the New Testament section of the Church Bibles. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you, because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defence and confirmation of the Gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best, so that on the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Very good evening to all. Shall we pray together? Father, thank you so much for our fellowship together in Christ. We pray that by the power of his Spirit, Christ would dwell in our midst now. Speak to us his word. Knit us together in love. And cause this fellowship which is yours to grow in depth and in numbers. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Perhaps my prayer has introduced the theme of our reflections this evening. Uh, Like all people with good, wholesome families, you're grateful to your parents, your siblings, your children, for ease of relationship and understanding, uh, that wonderful sense of being accepted, known and loved. Uh, There is another Christian family, and that is the church. And I'm sure you've had the same experience as I, or I hope you have, of going to another Christian church or fellowship, another part of the country, or perhaps even another part of the world. And you are accepted and valued, even though people have not met you before. And it's a fascinating, profound insight. And what's at the bottom of it, of course, is that they see Christ in you, or they accept you because you're Christ. Flesh and blood is strong, but so are the relationships of bonds of fellowship with Christian people through the blood of Christ. You see Christ in the other. Uh, Maybe it's a foolhardy thing to say, but I do as vicar occasionally benchmark services or church fellowships. Maybe I shouldn't do that, I don't know. Maybe I'm too self-critical, but is the worship any good? Is the sermon any good? Were the prayers led well? Refreshments? 
The other thing which, of course, is incalculable valuable is the sense of fellowship together. Difficult, of course, to benchmark that. And in a sense, we've only got ourselves to blame or to be responsible for that the fellowship would grow. So I want to offer you some insights from Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. If you want to follow with me, I'm not going to laboriously look at too many verses, but take some insights from Philippians to look at what Paul describes here quite simply when he introduces his letter, Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, to all the saints in Christ Jesus. It's on page 193. He uses the expression saints of God in his letter to the church at Colossae, to the church at Rome, and then in Ephesus when he's trying to encourage prayer, pray for all the saints. The church is in Thessalonica too. I'm sure we've had quite a season of Galatians. They got the Jewish religion a bit skew whiff. Uh, don't try too hard with Colossians. The Colossians heresy is one of the hardest to understand in the New Testament. If you're looking at Romans, it's heavy-duty stuff at 9, 10 and 11, and it's all gospel, and it's a long epistle, but when you come to Philippians, it really is easy-peasy stuff. It's so full of lightness and joy, Paul being open-hearted with his friendship for those he's serving, and the sense of what he sees in their midst. And it's why this word saints is so important. Notice in chapter 2, verse 1, this wonderful sense of, here's a beautiful benchmark for a Christian fellowship. Should you visit churches, or should you be praying for our own fellowship? If then there is any encouragement in Christ... You come to church to be encouraged. You come to church to bring encouragement. Any consolation from love, as you've received from Christ, so you give to others with that love. And here's what's gluing it all together, any sharing in the Spirit. And Paul describes together God's people in the church at Philippi as saints. It's important to underline that this word in the Greek and in the, and in the text here is in the plural. In Greek it simply means hagios. You are the holy ones set apart by God. Of course it wasn't as if God sent a lightning bolt upon the church and they became Christians straight away. It was one by one. Almost as if God was picking them off and speaking to them individually, but they, as it were, fell into fellowship with each other. Wonderful to have you here. Sorry to use you as a brilliant visual aid. You fell in love with each other, and you've got married. And Christian people, the businesswoman of, 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 called Lydia, the dealer in purple cloth, Paul spoke to her, the Spirit opened her heart, she became a Christian. Paul carried on his work, was locked up in jail, as you do. A great earthquake happened. The jail door was opened. The jailer, the Philippian jailer, what must I do to be saved? A conversation happened. He became a Christian. His family, his whole household became Christian. They fell into fellowship and love with each other in Christ. They are the saints 
of the church in Philippi, set apart and made holy by God. It's God's design that we should be this way. Of course, there are profound, deep matters of individual responsibility. One day we will die and we will stand before God and give an account of our lives. Our friend next door, our daughter, our husband, our wife, our mother or our father will not be able to do that for us. Of course, individual responsibility is key. But until then, the people that help us on the way are those sitting round about us, fellow brothers and sisters, the saints of God. So can I say, first of all, that to be made holy, if that is the case in Christ, we share in fellowship with his blood, we trust in him, Sainthood means it's effectual. In other words, if God says it's going to happen, that I've set you apart to be holy, then because God's word is always effectual, let there be light, and there was light, by faith in Christ you are holy, you are set apart, and you are described as saints. It is effectual. So too, it's not just your status, but it's what will happen to you as you grow in Christ day by day. You're set apart as holy, but by God's goodness, and this is profoundly encouraging, you will be made more holy. It's effectual. It will happen to you. Lovely to pray before the start of the service. Lord, fill us with your spirit. What if that actually happened? What if you ask God to be made more like Christ, to be made more holy, and actually that happened? God's word is always effectual. You're set apart to be holy. So every true and sincere desire that you can walk closer and more deeply and more sweetly with Christ will be answered. And those who keep us lovingly to account for that are those sitting around about us. Sainthood is effectual. It will happen. It's even there in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. I'm confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion on the day of Christ. You're set apart as saints And one day you will stand before God, of course to give account, but complete in your full regalia of sainthood with brothers and sisters around you. It's effectual. And secondly, we probably dwell on this quite a lot, it's also an example. Good to reflect on those who have been precious, profound, and poignant examples to each of us. Call them to mind now. Perhaps they will be known only to you and the effect their prayers, their love, their witness and example have had on you. Sometimes you can sense that the Holy Spirit is at work in you. If you have that sense, do you know what, I lack that, but I think God's calling me to be like that and that sense of example that you can follow. 
someone else has been shining brightly for you. But then, of course, other people are looking at us. Surprising that we can be used. Quite solemn to reflect that we might not be used enough. In the Book of Common Prayer, uh, there is a wonderful section of prayer for other people. Hear us as we remember those who have died in the faith of Christ, that we may follow their good example. When we're saints, God's work is always effectual. When we're saints, we follow good example, and we're a good example we trust uh, to others. Also, sainthood, of course, is effacing. That's to say, it's not first and foremost about us. Imagine the vice of waking up early one morning and saying, for the rest of the day, I'm going to be the best saint there's ever been. I'm going to be so virtuous. I'm going to help so many people. I'm going to go to church so many times. It's just not going to work, is it? It's always looking away from ourselves to someone else. No surprise for who that might be. Hebrews, do you remember that? That great cloud of witnesses in chapter 11. And then the writer says, fix your eyes on Jesus because you're surrounded by so great a crowd of witnesses. It's interesting next time you hear the Eucharistic prayer read as it's said at each communion service within the Church of England. Just before you get to the Sanctus or that sense in which you Touch the Holy of Holies as a saint redeemed by God, set apart by God. You say, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might. What do you say just before that? Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, the crowd of witnesses that are there before us, those who have gone before us, as you say in the Apostles' Creed, the communion of saints, which we believe in. Are they there watching over us? Yep. Are they there cheering us on? Yep. Are they there as a crowd of witnesses encouraging us to look at Christ and to fix our eyes on him? Turn your eyes on Jesus Look full in his wonderful face and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. The more we look at him, so the scripture says, the more like Christ we will become set apart by God to be holy and as we gaze on Christ, what he does in us will be seen by others encouraging them to follow. A moment's quiet as we pray for each other that we can be saints for God during these days. Father, thank you for those who have blessed our lives that we count as good examples. Grant us to fix our eyes upon you that Christ would burn brightly within and shine brightly to others.
Forgive us even now when our witness for you is so poor and fading. And we pray again, fill us with your Holy Spirit and grant that that work that you've started within us you will complete, even on the day of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.